but unpacks them. Even a few weeks ago, we looked at the language of adoption. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 5, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself. That is the language of family. Not just you're welcomed in and given a seat on the sofa, but you're adopted as sons and daughters. We are children of God. Those who believe in him are children of God. And this amazing adoption that we have means that we can call him Abba Father. Isn't that a wonderful thing? To be able to go to God and call him Abba Father. That's what it means to be part of God's family. So if God's people then are his family, his household, we should spend some time thinking about what the characteristics are of healthy families. Because it's one thing to say that that's what it is, but what does it actually mean? What does it actually look like? So the first thing I want us to talk about is that healthy families have healthy family relationships. One of the beautiful things I think that you'll notice as you read through the New Testament is the way that new identity, that being adopted in Christ, means the way it affects the people and the way we interact with each other. So we call each other brothers and sisters. It's all about relationships, that's why. I mean, just look at the way Paul greets his brothers and sisters, the fellow Christians in Rome, in Romans chapter 16. He starts with, I commend to you our sister Phoebe. Love that. Not just, I commend to you, Phoebe, or you know that Phoebe, she's a great lady. No, he says, I commend to you our sister, Phoebe. And later on in the chapter, I'm just picking out a few examples, but he, he says, Greet Rufus, a choice man in the Lord. Choice man, that's another day. A choice man in the Lord, also his mother and mine. And that's not because Paul and Rufus were brothers. All because Paul's mother was part of the church in Rome, it's because Rufus's mom was like Paul's mom to him. In the next verse, greet Asicritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobas, Hermas, and the brothers in the women. The expectation now is that when you greet a church, you talk about brothers and sisters, you talk about father and mother. So God hasn't just visited another church with Alison today. They've gone as a brother and sister in Christ to a group of brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a family connection. Listen to this. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if you were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters, with absolute purity. It's from 1 Timothy chapter 5. Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. That picture? I love this way of living and being as a church, but it's full of brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers, and that's how we relate to one another. On Friday, during my working day, um, I unexpectedly received this message. It wasn't from a work colleague, but it popped up on my phone. It said this, You are a good man, Simon, 
I value you in my life. Nice. Isn't that nice? Yeah. That was one of you guys. That's what brothers do. Yeah. That's what sisters do. Send messages that encourage. Mm. Send messages that are tiny. Mm. Send messages that think about the other person. Mm. So just have a look around the room this morning. Go on, have a look around. Look at your family members. I know it's cringeworthy. Most of us are doing the British and don't like doing that. But that's your family. And now think about those people that you've glanced at. <laughs> now think about those people that you've glanced at. How do you treat them? Do you treat them as sisters and brothers and mothers and fathers? Because that's what scripture says in family life. So healthy families have healthy family relationships. And secondly, healthy families need healthy family structures. You see, for families to work well, there have to be structures in place, otherwise you get chaos. Mm. And sometimes even when you try and put in structures, you still get chaos. <laughs> now there is a danger that when I start to use the word structure, that we suddenly then switch modes. And we think about being professional, mm. being you know, highly organised and all that kind of thing. And we think in sort of business, professional type terms, rather than family terms. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm talking about. Let me try to illustrate with a couple of principles. The, the church needs to be organised, but that doesn't make it an organisation. Mm-hmm. Jesus could have set up his church in any way that he wanted to. You know that, don't you? Mm-hmm. He invented us. So mm-hmm. he could have done whatever he wanted. He could have chosen to be a business, or a club, or a media outlet, or whatever. He chose family. Yeah. Just family is a way of expressing himself to the world. Why? Well, I think it's partly because everyone has an actual family, so there's an immediate connection to them. <clears throat> but a healthy family does need to be organised. So I don't think we would be meeting here now unless we were organised as a church. It had to be booked, the venue, it had to be unlocked. We had to have various motors in place, so we had a worship team, so we had kids' work, so we've got food and drinks afterwards, refreshments, that's what they're called, etc. Someone's got to lay the chairs up in a way that kind of makes sense. Continue with the meeting. But if there's an issue, you don't get a member referring you to the hospitality department. <laughs> Take your human plate with them. It doesn't work like that. Because we're not an organisation, we're a family. Yeah. But we're organised within them. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. And secondly, the church has leadership, but it's not about power. Mm-hmm. You see, part of, an org- part of us as a church having some level of organisation is there needs to be leadership within them. But the model we have is that of servant leadership. Remember Paul's words to Timothy that we just looked at about treating everyone as brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers. 
It wasn't, and there's an exception for your leaders that you should put on a pedestal because they have all your authority and tell you what to do. No, everyone's in the same set of relationships. Yeah. 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 And that surely is like a well-functioning natural family. Yeah. There needs to be leadership. There's not lordship in a family. That's when it goes wrong. Families, you see, are designed to have mothers and fathers leading together, partnering together to, to bring up their children, to provide security, to meet the needs that they are. And that is how Paul described his ministry amongst the churches. So he wrote to the church in Thessalonica, in 1 Thessalonians, he said, Will we prove to be gentle among you as a nursing mother? tenderly cares for her own children. And a few verses later, just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each of you as a father would his own children. Why? So that you would walk in a manner worthy of God. That's the purpose of leadership. That's the purpose of having mothers and fathers leading within each other, nurturing, exhorting, tenderly caring their children. Now I do realise, and I acknowledge this at the start, that this could be an area of pain for some. <coughs> there will be people in here who have been badly let down by church leaders. Leaders who didn't shepherd them tenderly. Leaders who didn't lay down their lives and put the interests of their church members first. Leaders who didn't care properly for the people in their charge. Leaders who abused their position of leadership. Please hear me, that is absolutely wrong. It should never, ever have happened. That is not God's plan. And the same is true for any of us in the room who have never known the security of a loving, natural family as well. That is not God's idea. That is not God's best. We're all meant to have experienced and known parents who loved us unconditionally. And God can bring about healing and redemption for people who've had to experience that kind of pain. Now, I believe that there is an offer of that today for those who want to pray, pray through, talk about it, you do that. Please just grant me. But equally, if we have experienced that sort of pain, the solution isn't then just to ditch your forms of leadership, just because it's gone wrong. That's not right either. For a healthy family, there needs to be that structure in place. There needs to be that leadership that brings clarity. And those of us who are leaders in the church, we will get it wrong. Despite appearances, we are flawed. No, but seriously, this, this is an important point because we do get it wrong. I know if Rob was saying this, he would say exactly the same thing. As yeah. would Paul, as would any of us who are in leadership. Yeah. And so it comes then with a plea that when we get it wrong, 
when we overlook you, when we miss you out of something, when we say the wrong thing, when we hurt your feelings, then come and tell us. Don't let it fester away and turn into something that it doesn't need to be. Yeah. Let's keep short accounts because that's what healthy family does. It's all around relationships. We want to be a family that is well made by mothers and fathers leading together, creating an environment where God's spirit can be Yes. Yeah. Now, there's a lot more to say on those things and others, and we're going to do that in the next few weeks. So we're going to look at the image of the church as the body of Christ. That's that organisation, that's about gifts being released and so on. We're going to look at the issue of leadership within the church. So I'm going to leave that there, but we will pick up more of those things in due course. But I want to look at a third trait of healthy families. And that is that healthy families have healthy family behaviours. Mm -hmm. Now every family has ways of doing things. And I think anyone who's visited a, a family that's not their own at Christmas time <laughs> may know what I'm going to get about. So, um, growing up in my family, we had a particular set of Christmas Day behaviours. So, not allowed out of our rooms before seven. <laughs> Oh, it was quite strict, my <laughs> household. Um, this is my family growing up, I should have. Um, we had stockings before breakfast, okay, yeah. if Father Christmas had been. Yeah. We it's then went to a church service, we then had Christmas dinner, yeah. we then did the washing up, yeah. then we had a cup of tea. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> then finally, we got to the point where we started opening presents around three o'clock. Good family, that's spontaneous. <laughs> and each person had to open a present while every other person in the room was Absolutely. I'm not talking about family unity today, so. <laughs> that's absolutely right. There was no hiding in disappointed faces <laughs> or delight. But I'll just say it was quite a different experience the first year I spent in X family <laughs> where I kind of lost track of what was going on. I was too busy trying to spot where everyone else had while my presents were unopened because I hadn't had the knowledge yet. <laughs> The behaviours of a family are quite distinct. Yeah. And we all create those kind of family traditions. And, so on. and there isn't a right or a wrong with that. These things are up for debate, up for development, up for finding your way through. And I think even within families, the way we express ourselves with other family members is different depending on the family member. And it can be different even with the same family member, depending on what you try to do. So let me give you some examples. Some of my family I see fairly regularly. My mum lives locally, and so I will invite her around for lunch when we And sometimes I'll pop her out for a coffee. Sometimes she'll look after the boys in the evening for us. Sometimes she'll come for dinner. Sometimes we'll go for a very just kind of normal things. Some of my family I've never met. My youngest nephew lives in the States, he's nearly three years old. I've never 
being in the same room as well. That's quite a different relationship. He's still my family. A very different relationship. My brother and family in the US are hardly ever seen because distance mitigates against it. Sometimes I will just contact a family member and just want to hang out. Just have some fun together, whatever that might be. Sometimes I get in touch because I need something. With my dad, it was usually to solve a DIY problem that I created. <laughs> with my mother in law, it was because we wanted advice about what to do with our garden. Because she knew how to throw ideas about that. And for some family members, it can just happen spontaneously. Other family members, their diaries are so packed that you need to book it in months in advance. But they're all family. And the way we operate, the behaviours we have, have to be that mixture, that fluidity, if you like, so that there's freedom to do it. Otherwise, we just wouldn't see something. Or see too much of others. <laughs> So how should we then, as Jubilee, express family together? Well, there, there is no formula. There's no correct way of doing it. But I've got a few pointers of my own. So firstly, is expect it to take time and to take up time. What do I mean by that? Well, I wonder whether sometimes you think, oh, it's the church, so I should just arrive and everything should be perfect. Should be a good relationship with everyone. No, it takes time to get to know people. The relationship I have with my sons has not happened overnight. That's more than a decade of continuous investment, affection, time, and effort spent with each of them. And there's more work to do. But equally, it takes up time as well. You can't just expect that you rock up on a Sunday say hi to everyone and that's how you get to know people. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that in any way. You're going to get to know people. Any friendship, any relationship worth having develops over time and takes time to do that. And so if we're going to say that actually a healthy children's family is about relationship, then we need to invest in those relationships. <clears throat> And deliberately setting aside time each week, each month, whatever it is, to spend it with people. That's important if we're going to grow a healthy family relationships. That's one behavior is expecting to spend time together. Second behavior is the principle of one another. The New Testament is full of these one another phrases love one another, serve one another, prefer one another, pray for one another, forgive one another. Jesus modeled for us. We look out for other family members. We put them first. Again, back to relationships. It's taking the center of attention away from me and onto others. It's treating people as brothers, sisters, mothers, and fathers, one another. And the third thing is it can look different for different people. I think I've illustrated a bit about already. But let's be realistic about this. We can't be best friends with absolutely everyone. Okay, it's just, well, I can't. Sorry, I don't know how I can pass it. Okay, but can't be best friends with everyone. And it's okay for there to be variety. Variety in the relationships we have with people. 
but also variety in the way you spend time together. Yes. So it's good to have regular stuff all together. So Sunday mornings, absolute priority. Why? Because we get to gather as family in the presence of our Father. So important. And other regular meetings. So we meet as life groups. We meet as ministry schools through this quarter to smaller groups where we get together, open God's word, pray for one another, do life together. I mean, occasionally, as a church, we'll have a holiday. We had it a few weeks ago. It was a holiday, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Time to get away and invest in those relationships in a more intense time. And again, in families, you will do that. Sometimes you'll see people, or sometimes you'll go away for a weekend together. We'll sometimes have meals out, we'll sometimes do a ring and share lunch, we'll sometimes have a Christmas meal. We went to ZZ's as we were coming out of lockdown, didn't we? And just had pizza all together once in a while. That kind of thing. Organised, church-wise. There's loads of other things as well. Meals together, coffee meals, phone calls, encouraging WhatsApp messages. Definitely do that. Prayer for each other. Parties where you're celebrating life's events. You might meet for a pub, you might go to a football match together, you might recommend a book, you might get together to crochet, you might feed the person's rabbit while they're away. I don't know, it could be anything. If I said something wrong, it's really good for the soul of her. It could be just random stuff. Like dropping off a carrier bag of goodies during COVID when you could be at our house. Could be a gift of money pushed in an envelope through the door. Could be that you meet in the park to kick a football in the park or to go on the swimmers with your children. (laughs) 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 But family behaviors. So think about it. What, how am I behaving with my different family members? How am I treating people as brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers? What is it that I can do with others, connect with other people? Because I think that a result of healthy families is that healthy families grow. Mm. Yes. When we express family in these ways, it gets easy to include others. Family shouldn't be exclusive. No. You should be looking to grow. Why? That's how God started family in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Put you in family, fill the earth. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're having coffee with someone, it becomes easy to call someone else. If you go into the park with a, another mum and their kids to play in, on the swings, then get another family along as well, something like that. You know this all. But just to say, if my natural family had been closed to outsiders, there would be no Becky Clay, mm-hmm. and there wouldn't be a Josephine Becky. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I wouldn't be stood here. And just as human families are designed to grow, so Jubilee Church families are designed to grow mm-hmm. as well. We will be praying about that later tonight. So in closing, I just want to acknowledge something 
that has been on my mind for quite a long time and knows on many years. And that is that at the moment there is a battle for family. There's a fight on for family life. For true motherhood and for true fatherhood, for children and for young people who know who they are, who are secure in their identity because they are loved. There's a battle on for that. Yes. And since family is one of our cultural values as a church, so we look at the house family, we've got something to speak to the nation about this. Because of this interplay between the natural family and the church family. So if we call ourselves a spiritual family, which we do, we therefore have something to demonstrate to the call that family. And Jubilee family should cut right across the world's categories. Because we're all brothers and sisters. And actually, one of the issues that we're up against is that in British culture, family often means that nuclear family. So, mum, dad, a couple of kids, and then say family. And actually, that's not the biblical model of family, it's much broader than that. And in many cultures, family means more community, a much wider group. So, what we are as a church. That resonates in some cultures much more than it does in the British mm-hmm. Jubilee should be a place where all people have a place in the family. Mm-hmm. If you've been adopted and they're in Christ, then you have a place in the family. Yes. That's the qualification. Yes. So it should be a place for people who are in natural families, mm-hmm. as a big wife and children, they should be welcomed into Jubilee. Single people who've decided to be single, they should be welcomed into this family, part of this family. Single people who've yet to meet their future spouse, or who've lost a spouse, they should be welcomed in and part of the family. Yeah. Older people whose kids have moved away and left home, they should be part of the family. Same-sex attractive people who've chosen to remain single of the way following God, they should be part of Jubilee family. Yeah. Married couples with no kids, yeah. they should be part yeah. of Jubilee family. Yeah. People whose human family are not interested in all these things, they should be part of this family. Yeah. And people from across the generations, across every nation, tribe, time, they should feel welcome as part of Jubilee family. Yeah. Because it's not defined by anything other than with brothers and sisters of Yeah. And Jubilee family then should be a place where everyone gets disciplined, where everyone gets supported in the name of Jesus. And part of that support is supporting families, natural families. <coughs> so I don't think they're here, Andrew, in these blocks or but I, I just wanted to honour them as a couple. So back when Beck and I were a young married couple uh, in the early 2000s, we hung out with them a lot. And they modelled family life to us. And we learned so much from them because of the way they did family. That is church being family, helping families. <laughs> and there's, there will be many examples like that where the church can help people in their environment, in whatever situations they're in. We can draw on the experience of those who have walked that path ahead of us. We need a church of spiritual mothers and fathers 
the lead and nurture and training of these things. We need a church of spiritual children whose faith moves mountains and whose passion for the presence of God yeah. means that he remains at the centre of this world. Mm -hmm. That's what we want.